0: Hello! Welcome to Bus Tickets. My name is Nathan Clausen. Whether you're buying a bus ticket into war-torn Eastern Europe, or working a job, raising kids, and paying bills, each moment is an opportunity to live from our fullest self, to lean into our unique path to coming alive, an opportunity to offer our unique contribution to the world around us. In the words of Marianne Williamson, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. This podcast is my commitment to stepping out of fear and living from my fullest self. So this podcast is for me but it is also an invitation for you to do the same and for us to do it together. I believe it's in community that we see the most transformation, buying bus tickets together. Let's jump into our next bus tickets moment. Okay, so welcome uh, everyone to the bus tickets podcast. I have two very special guests with me today. I will let them introduce themselves, but before I hand the, Microphone over to them. I want to welcome them, um, but I want to welcome them in a unique way uh, because of their story and what I have appreciated about their story. So I will start with uh, Alexi. Bienvenue dans le podcast bus tickets. Je suis très heureux que vous êtes ici avec moi. Merci
1: beaucoup. C'est partagé. Merci pour l'invitation.
0: Okay, <laughs> and uh, Marcella, <laughs> dobre došli na v podcast bus tickets. Nogu se radim Viste took okay. uh Susmen.
2: No need that Okay.
0: Good, good opportunity to practice a little French and a little Bulgarian. <laughs> so so the reason uh, that came out in French and Bulgarian is part of the story, and so we'll get into that shortly. But uh Alexi and then Marcella, uh introduce yourselves and, and maybe a little bit. Um, yeah, a little bit of, well, first introductions and then a little bit about your backstory because I think that will help people understand why we're having a conversation today.
2: Perfect. Go on there. Okay.
0: Um,
1: so, I will briefly, stay because I think we'll go deeper after. Uh, so, I'm Alex uh, I am So, from the, the story, a bit of the background, I'm French. Uh, I grew up in France and I thought I traveled the world uh, over 10 years. And to build, basically, uh, in terms of background, uh, technology background, specialized in automation, uh, which we will explain, uh, which we will explain a, a bit after.
2: Hmm. Uh, my name is Marcella. Uh, originally, I'm from Bulgaria, even though my accent doesn't give it away very easily. Reason for that is that when I when I was 18, I actually uh, went to Scotland to, to study management. So I graduated in the UK, and following that I moved to London. So I spent about eight years in London working for Pricewood House Cupid's. I spent the first three years uh, down there working as a financial accountant, uh, as a financial um, auditor, and then I moved on to tax consultancy. And, you know, quite a lot of my time was uh, very tied to studying, a lot of, obviously first at uni, but then afterwards, uh, studying towards the professional qualification to become an accountant. Um, after years at the WC, I realised that it's actually not the path that I want to continue on, which is why we're having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but essentially, I spent quite a lot of my my time kind of soaked into the to the studying and working lifestyle. A couple of years back, just before COVID started, I kind of thought, you know what, it's a it's it's a good time to go and explore the world. So that kind of led us uh, indirectly to where we are today. Um, but today we. Um, well, Alexey and myself are the co-founders of, a, of an automation company called Capto, which is headquartered uh, where we are at the moment and having this conversation in Bulgaria. But uh, I think we'll move on, go a bit deeper into that as we as we go into the conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. So thank you guys for your introductions. Yeah. So the company Capto is is definitely something that caught my eye in my in my you know day job in my my work job or work arena i do spend a lot of time you know talking about automation i I work in a very large uh, rail uh, industry company in canada and so there's lots of opportunity uh for optimization you know one one aspect of that is automation Uh, so i'm and i help bring automation to a previous company so that's a topic that i'm i'd say somewhat familiar with but what i love about what you two are doing is that it is automation as the tool, but the vision or the mission is is beyond just automating processes. So I would love to hear a little bit about the vision of Capto as an automation company and what what is your mission? What are you trying to achieve?
1: Yeah, I, I think we can divide that into parts. <laughs> uh, there is like the opening the technology to to more people, uh, which is the first part, and after I will let you focus on the human side as well. Yeah. And for, for the first part, basically what's like automation exists a, a long time. Uh, one of this, uh, part of automation is like RPA, which is stands for robotic process automation, which basically we like to call digital robots because it makes far more sense for people. Um, and so this technology was like very expensive on, on still is like for many people, uh, like, the uh, so, so, so big players, like. Euripaz, Blue and others where we are talking about hundreds of thousands uh, to basically implement those robots and what we wanted is basically open this for um, smaller companies and, and people that need it because we are hearing that basically there, there was still the need. The technology was existing since 10 years but the, the need was still there because it was too expensive for, 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 for implementing it and it wasn't like focusing on the human actually doing things that Needed uh, actually the technology, but focusing on like making it uh, yeah. profitable because investment was so big that actually uh, even if it's someone, if this someone is cheaper, then which is a wrong logic. And so basically that's when we one of the reason what we created capital is to basically uh, break the cost. Uh, of, of this automation and make it available for, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm.
2: The other vision is
1: Martina will, yeah. will explain it more on the human side.
2: Yeah, I mean as, as you can hear, Alex, it's very uh, very into the tech side of the of the business. Which, uh, uh, I'm definitely no. In a way that my background is totally fine. It's you know it's from finance, but um, kind of where where my part comes in is that uh, as I was as I was part of PwC. I was uh, very, I mean, I spent quite a lot of my time um, after Bulgaria kind of working through different part time jobs, trying to save up to basically get through university without, you know, relying on my parents or loans and stuff like that. So a lot of my time up until capital uh, was actually spent, like I mentioned, studying and working away. And, uh, and, and when I finally had the time to kind of take a step back, uh, I took some time away from um, from work because I was starting to get a bit frustrated at the fact that a lot of the work that I was doing was exciting, but only to a certain extent. What I mean by that is that a lot of a huge percentage of the work that I was doing at still a very prestigious and you know massive organization was very manual and very administrative. And I mean, to, to be completely honest, I I wasn't finding motivation to be you know getting getting up from bed in the morning and super excited about about the work that I was about to do, because a lot of it was just very copying and pasting, going into spreadsheets, and uh, and, and not a kind of you know technical, challenging work that I was envisioning that I would be doing for most of the time. So so I had at, that, at the point when you know I hadn't had any summer breaks and any time just to be by myself and to you know get a get a bit of a wider life experience. I said enough is enough. Let's take a step away from from work and go travel. Let's see what that's gonna open up. Um, and I realized that, you know, that time is super precious. I mean, we all know that, but when when you're so bogged down doing your day-to-day work, you kind of forget about that because there's so much stuff going on that you just, you know, it, it, all, of, all of that sort of, sort of philosophical side of it, how time is going away and whatever, kind of gets pushed away a little bit. So so when I took the step away and had that chance to just reassess, like how should life go on from from that point on um I, I i completely kind of realized that time is time has to be spent in a, in a far smarter way especially in the way especially in the times that we live today we have technology we have uh systems in place that um that, that, that can't be introduced to make work life far smarter and uh, and when i came back from my 18 months of traveling solo i I came back to the same to the same kind of environment where a lot of my time was spent doing the same, you know, manual invoicing and all these manual processes that I thought, you know what? This is crazy. We work in a we work in, in prestigious and wonderful companies with you know brilliant people. We have to do things better, we have to do things smarter, we have to employ people to be doing challenging work that is so interesting we don't have to take sabbatical to be going and you know living a fulfilling life and and that is a big part of the vision for capture that is my personal reason for why I started doing this uh I, I'm not technical um I mean I've learned the quote but I don't quote myself but my but my vision for starting for starting capture was to free um to free people from from all the from all the little admin admin tasks that got me to say enough is enough let's go and explore the world, because that's a far better use of my time. Um, the vision behind Capture to today is to, to, is, is to save people from, 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 the, from the admin work that, that tires them, that doesn't give them any inspiration, and that basically sucks a lot of their motivation out of the workplace. Um, and to really fuel workplaces with creativity and uh, enthusiasm, because at the end of the day, it's, it's great to work for great companies, but unless you're doing great things once you've got to that role, little by little that whole motivation fades away mm-hmm. and uh, and that's kind of the balance between the techie and the human uh, vision behind the company
0: right on yeah i think that the human side of automation isn't a topic that i hear a lot about i i live in a you know a technology rich environment there is automation there's rpa there's uh, maybe even some of the you know the larger names that you talked about uh familiar that i'm familiar with the other players in the automation space but I think what I had just—I just had a conversation a few days ago where someone said, um, "Well, what happens if you automate the tasks and then the people don't have jobs anymore?" And I think mm-hmm. that that is a kind of a common misconception or a common thought that people have if they're not actively involved in this this work called automation. Uh, so the the human side of automation is what caught my attention about Capto. Uh, and my own kind of really quick example was, you know, sometimes. The human processes, the the manual work or the human processes, because it's humans involved, sometimes the risk is the humans that do the three tasks before you, they miss something, it's miskeyed, and then your work then isn't just your basic work, it's rework. Now you have a fire on your desk because something happened by somebody else. And so even sometimes that's the work that in my world, that's, that's my passion with automation is how do we eliminate the need for humans to even touch the process up here? So that when it comes to me the pure work that needs to get done is ready for me to do if i have to do it if there still needs to be a human task currently Mm -hmm. then let's let's strip away all of the the errors that somebody gave to you and not because they don't like you but it's just the nature of it that's the process so yeah so i think there's a lot of ways we can bring human into automation yeah
1: yeah and it's more and more what we see as well just to add like a bit of what we see is that um, it's working together. Like basically, like the, the, when we implement a robot, what we see is that definitely it helps the people that were we are actually handling before. And it basically take out a lot of the um, like pollution of like this uh, boring uh, task mm-hmm. and to basically have a clear view on, okay, where can I bring my value, like the human side of it? um what we see is that by focusing on that actually it adds so much value that actually creates more work because after by adding value etc there is a, a circle that starts from there and that actually add on this and we see that really on, on a, like practically uh more and more daily and it's super like satisfying to see that so yeah uh, i wouldn't worry uh, on, on, on that side it's, uh, but it's also uh, to, to just like because I think it's an important part of the topic on automation. It's also on people to know and to uh, know from their leaders that actually like uh, their job is not to do this boring thing. And if they they are taken out of this boring thing, it's actually for them to bring the value that they can bring, which is the lowest trust on after the years of doing this kind of sometime boring things
0: yeah no that's good yeah so in in some ways the human part of automation is to create space for human creativity to have room to bring its value where sometimes there is no room for that because we're so busy doing other
2: exactly spotable
0: yeah yeah okay that's good yeah so i think we we share a common uh, passion yeah. or vision for automation so this is this is good you guys so, so the other part that caught my attention, and it was just a friend of mine, uh, one of my Bulgarian friends who I'm, I'm connected with on LinkedIn, uh, she had liked one of your posts, Alexi, and I did not know you from anybody. I didn't, I never heard of you, never heard of Capto, but there were responses that I saw to your post, and then what you wrote caused my own response to your post, which was that you and uh, Marcella had chosen to, to do your startup, your automation startup, in Bulgaria, and, and then you were talking about how much you love Bulgaria and why Bulgaria is such a great place to start a company, to live. Obviously, I I believe that because of my own background uh, and I have a, I have a deep uh, connection to Bulgaria, uh, which we can talk about a little bit, uh, but I want to hear more of your story. So so I'm very curious to hear your story about, and Alexi, maybe more yours, Aldo Mercella, I I also have a lot of Bulgarian friends here in Canada who probably would not go back to Bulgaria. And so I would like for us to talk a little bit about that story, about what you guys see as the value of Bulgaria and why you chose to to start your company there.
1: Yeah, Uh, there are are so many sides. Like uh, I I started posting a lot on it because indeed there are so many angles. So I think to focus on the business side, um, actually like, it's it's a great country in uh, in to start somewhere like the first in terms of technology like that's a, a massive hub in the world and I, I mean like in a, a world level like a lot of IT services mm-hmm. are actually in Bulgaria not only for Europe but also like for uh, like all the continents up to even like uh, uh, to North America so uh, despite the time difference or etc like despite uh, those differences uh, on time difference. The quality is and the importance of it in Bulgaria is so big that actually in terms of technology, this is a huge place. Uh, then after, in terms of like creating a, a business, uh, there is actually uh, like a, I think each time like an exploding because uh, every six months I'm like going to 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 meet people in different events and it's like glow like blowing by the number of of new people that arrive at startups and, and a lot of Grugans are starting to, to also like want to build their little piece uh, of the country because they see that there is so many things like Grugan has so much potential and there is so many things that could be that still can be done to make of Grugan something even better, uh, which is already great, but definitely like the potential is, is, is really huge. And so, yeah, every six months, like the startup community <coughs> is, is really growing. Uh, then after me personally, so it's more on a personal level, uh, I really love the uh, like the wideness uh, of the country. Like it's not uh, like uh, when you go to West uh, of Europe where I come from, so uh, as I was saying at the beginning, and uh, French, uh, that gives a bit of like the background on why I love it as well, because it's not as structure and you feel you feel that everywhere. like You feel that you have more freedom to try things, to, to do things, and, and this gives you like a, a lot of freedom to basically develop a business. Um, and after, like, uh, in terms of, uh, of business as well, uh, it's quite central, like in terms of, again, like organization uh, between the different continents. Uh, it, it's very central in between the different regions. Uh, for like uh, technology, developing mm-hmm. automation, etc., mm-hmm. and so it's it's ease and it's like mm-hmm. helped the development so much. Yeah, right? I think.
2: So. I think it's important to, to kind of go back to the to uh, to the fact that before we actually made a decision to come here, we traveled quite extensively within the country. So it was about COVID time. So we had obviously been stuck in Bulgaria uh, for. I mean, myself, I was stuck here for quite a while. Um, and Alexi came came for a short trip, and we uh, we actually toured around the country quite extensively. So even though I'm Bulgarian, I hadn't really explored the country as much as we did back in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that and that possibility to see different corners of the country met us with very phenomenal people. Yeah. Like I had completely forgotten how nice Bulgarian people are. Yes. And and I had at the back of my mind this idea, you know, what? Well, I don't really want to come back here. I don't really want to do business here. Because, you know, I don't know the people from 10 years ago when I when I moved away from Bulgaria. Mm-hmm. And, and when we got back here, I was genuinely, I, I was impressed and touched by how how beautiful and how how welcoming people were, not only towards me as a Bulgarian, but also towards Mm -hmm. Alexei. Even though, obviously, language barrier was a thing because you were going through literally the smallest and and most remote place in (laughs) Bulgaria. And and I think having that experience and seeing the country for, yes, it's it's natural beauty, of course, uh, but for the people as well definitely put Bulgaria very high up on the map for us to even consider it as a place where we actually not just want to base the company, yeah. but want to spend our time here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that, that, was a very, very, if not the major, yeah. the major reason why we decided actually, let's explore this further. Let's see. Yes, we like it. Can it be a good base for the company yeah. as well? um and and even 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 now i mean we are here in Bulgaria, and we're absolutely having the best of time i mean i don't, i personally don't wouldn't like to be anywhere else and i definitely don't have any you know practice of thinking oh we should have we should have gone somewhere else uh you know a year and a little bit afterwards we're still very fond that this was the best decision that we could have made mm. and um yeah very happy to be here
0: okay very cool so so part of my My listening to what you just said, Marcella, in particular, like I hear what both of you said, and I definitely agree with both. Marcella, what you said about the people of Bulgaria, when I came to Bulgaria the first time, I was 18 years old, and it was in the early 90s, so we won't pause for a calculator session. (laughs) Uh, That was a long time ago. Um, But what I found immediately when I came to Bulgaria, and I didn't know any Bulgarian back then. Um, it was just one year, I think, after the change of the, the uh, communist government to the democracy or the democratic process. So, so there wasn't a lot happening in Bulgaria. When I went back, say, four or, four or five years ago, that's when I saw what Alexei was referring to, all the multinational companies in Sofia. It was I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. But so happy on one side that companies were recognizing Bulgaria for some of that value. But what i saw I and mean, even when i went back four or five years ago the people that i had known from when i was 18 I, I also traveled i mean i was i was only in bulgaria for 10 days and i slept on some you know on some friends you know coaches and things but but uh, i traveled around to from sofia to lovets down to plovdiv uh, and did a few other stops yeah. it is such a beautiful beautiful country the physical mm-hmm. nature is absolutely remarkable and in canada i live an hour from the rocky mountains So we also have beauty, but Bulgaria has beauty. And then the people are so lovely, like they really are genuine. There's no pretense with the Bulgarian people that I met. It was so refreshing to come from, say, a Western culture where there's a lot of pretense and you you have a lot of that energy that goes to sifting through that to have a genuine conversation or a genuine relationship. I never had to worry about that in Bulgaria, at least with the people that I met. Uh, so yeah, I yeah. absolutely agree with that. I I totally understand that. I was uh, I was going to make myself some tea this morning, and then I actually found some uh, bilkov chai in my cupboard. <laughs> so I'm uh, yeah I'm drinking it, and it's funny how like taste or smell can can be attached to memories. But I drank a lot of this tea when I was in Bulgaria, <laughs> and it's amazing what memories that'll bring back for you too. So oh, yeah, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So, Is that Go ahead. The, the landscape and, and the people, but there is also like uh, because you mentioned the tea, but like also like the uh, like what the pro- what they produce from the territory. There is also like like um, mm-hmm. it's super impressive because basically they produce still in many ways uh, like it was produced fifty years ago, like in a really traditional way. Yes. Uh, and so when you for the tea, like I've seen people like. Uh, literally going on a hike and basically going to to pick up the tea that they wanted and everything and it's super impressive because you can't see that anymore in most of the places in the world so that's one of the beauty as well that i think it's important to have.
0: yep yeah excellent no i absolutely look forward to the day when i can take my my own family and and go back and introduce them i mentioned that to you on our previous chat that my oldest daughter sophia is spelled you know in in our english alphabet as s-o-f-i-a for (laughs) sofia named after the capital Uh, and actually our youngest daughter anna her middle name is kalina uh because it it needed to be that so her name is anna kalina Claussen. so yeah we have a we have a connection that our girls at one point uh i was trying to teach them bulgarian and so i because they would ask for things like ice cream and other things so i would say well if you can learn how to ask for ice cream in bulgarian <laughs> you can have you can have some ice cream. So I've tried <laughs> different ways to, to motivate them, but <laughs> yeah, they, and they've actually picked up a few some conversational phrases. and things, but, <laughs> They uh, had a so. good
2: incentive too. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'm trying to find the biggest incentives for sure. So so that that's uh, a good conversation about Bulgaria. And when we could talk about Bulgaria for a long time because that's something that uh, that I love, obviously. The the other topic though that I wanted to get a little bit of thought from you on is, I've chosen to live I think in a in a similar way where you guys have a vision or a passion for something, and you've taken action to to make that happen, and you've gone through I'm sure lots of challenges and and things, but you're still motivated, you're still following kind of an inner compass that drives you guys to keep doing what you're doing, Um, and even the the decision to to pause a very rigorous work life, uh, Marcella, for example, in that accounting world, which I also I'm familiar with from my previous life and go and travel. Um, like how do you, how do you to cultivate that listening to whatever is kind of in your core and not allowing yourself to get, you know, busy and distracted? Like, how do you, how do you center to the things that are most important for you?
1: That's a good question. Do you want to start <laughs> off?
2: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is a very difficult question, because especially as you start your first business, like Capture is for us, mm-hmm. you question a lot of things. Um, you question a lot of things. And unless you have a very strong vision and keep reminding yourself of why you're doing what you're doing, mm-hmm. it's super easy to get distracted right. and unsure of w- whether you're doing the right thing for yourself and for you know for the mission that you're after. So I think that for me, the main, the main thing that keeps me motivated is first reminding myself why why I made that decision and it wasn't that long ago it's a year so I and yet even in that time it's so easy to just forget so I remind myself very often okay so what why did I make that decision because it was a constant decision right it wasn't something that I did just spontaneously because it sounded cool there was a thought process and a a vision behind it so that is one thing and um and and I and I have to say that it's you know it, it is becoming very popular to think about you know meditation and yoga and all those um kind of aspects of um of, of the lifestyle that, that um that i that have become quite important for me um i mean i recently took uh, 10 days away just to kind of go and learn how to meditate because i was finding that i was detaching myself a little bit uh from you know Not the business because I I've always known what I keep I keep myself very well checked on reminding myself why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, But meditation helps me a lot, uh, especially lately. Um, And last but not least, seeing the impact. Seeing the impact is the probably the most important Mm -hmm. thing for me personally because Alex is working on development of the business and of of the of the solutions of the robots. So he sees you know the day to day development. But for me seeing the customers say i've you've saved me this many hours mm-hmm. i've now used this time for this this and this that for me is the thing that makes it all worth it mm-hmm. um completely yeah i mean seeing that you're doing something meaningful not just for yourself but for other people mm-hmm. is uh, is what definitely keeps me keeps me passionate going forward
0: mm-hmm. yeah very good thanks for that alexi what's your what's your thought on that question for me i, I would say that
1: the uh, first thing like i was seeing that yeah, everyone doubt on sometimes like the thing I've seen uh talking about it with people that start the businesses and et cetera, everyone believes that they are alone. Like everyone believes that they are the only one to doubt and they're like, oh my god, I'm not normal, and et cetera. So if there is <laughs> anything like, yeah, I, I, I think everyone doubts uh at, at some point. Uh, the things that keep me checked, I think first like I feel extremely lucky to do what I love. Like uh, I've grown up and I've done like a lot of different little jobs where I was like, oh my god, like uh, I, I, I really like I know what I would don't want to do, and so uh, at some point when I was 16, uh, I started to make choices on what I, doing what I love more than what I was good at, and I think for me it's like it helped me a lot because. Uh, mm-hmm. Today, like, uh, so after with, with time, basically, if you pursue on doing what you love, you will become good at what you love. Yes. Uh, and so it, it happens for me. And so that's one of the things. And after the second thing is, uh, so doing what you love and being where you want to be. I think that's two things. And that's those two things that basically also so for me, uh, brought me to, to, to who I am today. Uh, Which is like being in Bulgaria, uh, like a country that I love spending time in, Mm -hmm. uh, for personal and and business reasons. But as we said just before, there's so many uh, personal good reasons, Uh, and for for the the work to be wherever I want. So that's I think for for me it's really uh, stick me on help me to doubt about like potentially like. more like uh, granular things but on the high level on the vision it, it keep me up on on the
0: on the road that i choose awesome awesome well this has been really good you guys i really appreciate your uh, your insights and and your story and the choices that you're still making to to live just like alexi described just now doing what you love and then focusing on that so that you, you become good at that and then it can mm-hmm. become the thing that actually sustains you and allows you to stay on that path so this has been great this will not be the last time we have a conversation this has been a good experiment having two guests on the podcast so thank <laughs> you for being part of our experiment yeah and,
2: and, I, of, and thank you Nathan, for, for having us because this is actually the first podcast that we do together as well Yeah. Uh, so okay. for us it's, uh, it's a really cool experience as well
0: yeah, yeah we're uh, <laughs> goodbye, So thank you the no problem guys and i'll uh, i'll make sure that we put the information for capto and for the two of you on linkedin we'll put that in the show notes as well uh but thank you for joining me today (laughs) thank you so much for having
2: us
0: take care you guys we'll chat soon thanks for listening today i hope today's episode has encouraged you to step out in your own bus ticket journey of living from your fullest self and watching what happens if you haven't already or have and want to again, you can share your power with the Bus Tickets Podcast and its mission to encourage and empower others, whether through the podcast platform you listen to, or through LinkedIn or Facebook, where I post episodes, or by good old word of mouth. That works too. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a minute or two to leave me a rating and a comment. It just takes a few seconds to share with others or leave a rating, but both will go a long way to help get this message out so thank you. Together doing small acts, we can have a massive impact on the world we engage each day. So thank you again for listening today.